G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast of course. A very, very happy Weekend Wrap we have today. Uh, lots to talk about, fantastic game on the weekend both on Friday and Saturday night. Let's not mess around, let's get straight into it. Good evening, welcome to the Weekend Wrap, wrapping up round three of the AFL Premiership season this lovely 3rd of April, <laughs> I had to check the date then, and uh, I'll unmute my cohort so they can say g'day, g'day Nikki, how are you going? I'm going very well, apologies for the voice. That's alright, no problems at all, and Maka, how are you? Uh, in good form tonight, uh, you might have to look, watch me, Faye. Wow. Uh, don't mind about that at all, mate. It's good to hear you in good form and uh, great to see so many people uh, joining us on the chat at the moment. Uh, 20 people on the live stage, a ton of people in uh, Discord on the chat, a ton of people in YouTube already on the chat, 33 live listeners already and we've only just started. And I hope, I hope that people on YouTube appreciated my graphic genius because I've made a couple of changes, <laughs> including Macca and Nikki intros for uh, you guys, although I didn't get the music done. So uh, you'll just have to wait for that one. But uh, at least you've got nice little graphic in- intros this time. It sounds absolutely lovely, Dean. <laughs> well, you know, I do try. I try, Macca. No, you um, do, mate. You do. You did a great job. I'm very trying. Um, now, just uh, what did you think about uh, Nikki? Let's have a quick chat about the women yeah. because the women and <laughs> the women have just muscled their way into another grand final, and I just think that's amazing. Uh, so there's been six grand finals, and we've made four of them. <laughs> that's not too foul. It's just incredible. Oh, they they are such a good team. It, it's been a real pleasure to watch them um, this year. I mean, la- last year was still pretty good as well. But just the the way they work together and um, the way Clarky and the other coaches have, have got them going on, where other teams still rely on a couple of those stars, it's, you know, as can have a bit of a bad day, but we've got those other those youngsters that are coming through that are, are really standing up for them. I mean, you've got Rochelle Martin, Chelsea Bedell, Ash Woodland, you know, just the steps she's made forward this year when she's in a forward line with players like Danielle Ponta and Erin Phillips. You know, not too bad when she's now become, what is it, the person who's kicked the most goals in, yep. in a season. Yep. Fantastic. Um Yeah. We we haven't covered much of the girls uh, during the the um, the previous few casts. Uh, just time constraints more than anything else, and there's some very good coverage of the girls um, league uh, with some other podcasts. So I, I felt like that space was pretty full. 
um, and our own uh, Maddie from uh, who's one of our long-term listeners uh, fronts up on one of those. Which one is that again? Is that the Inner Sanctum? Outer Sanctum. They're really Outer good. Sanctum. Yep. Um, so, but I couldn't let this week go past without just saying what a monumental it is for uh, effort it is for Matthew Clark and his staff and the women's squad for making another grand final. Um, you know, just an incredible effort. And like you said, Nick, um, you know, the youngsters coming through um, are really pulling that team into another era. It's no longer the Aaron Chelsea um, show. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. There's now a lot of other girls coming through now and um, it just seems like we're going to see them roll on and on. Oh, I hope so, although all we're going to hear this week, and it's already started, is about getting a premiership for Daisy. It's all about Daisy. Erin's had oh, her time. That. It's that. Oh, yeah, it's they've already started, and also they, this will make a um, – <laughs> in the cockwomble, uh, there's already calls for, oh, why don't the Crows ask to play it at the G? Grand yeah, final at the G. I'm sure they'd love to play it at the G. Uh, and of course. I think – one of I thought one of the great um, comments I actually saw on Twitter from somebody we we haven't heard from a long time, but a stalwart on Big Footy, uh, dear Jenny, who made the point of as women growing up, we didn't have a dream to play on a G, we just had a dream to play. To play, yep, hundred percent. And seriously, the memories we have at the Adelaide Oval, um, yeah. We created that 53,000 and it would be fabulous. We, we had a small crowd on Saturday. It's our home ground. You know, if you're a club member, there's free tickets um, available for everybody else. It's only $10. I mean, Look, seriously, come on. Get your ten, butts there and support ten them. Bucks. And, Maka, I don't mind saying that the quality of football has uh, improved substantially uh, over the over – the, what are we at? Season six now. Massively. Um, yeah, when they first started, they, they'd be lucky to, you know, to beat a, well, they were playing about like uh, amateur league level eight or something like that. But, uh, you know, each year it's just got better and better. And the girls that are coming through, uh, Nikki referred to a few of them coming through, the new ones, yeah. they've actually played a lot of footy, um, whereas the ones that uh, started it off had, had not played so much and, and not That's had right. such and not such a good level. Yeah. So. And I still think it's it's if you do a curve, it's on an upward curve, and um, oh, I would say that give, give another three or four years, it'll be a very high standard. I would well, think. I, well, I didn't want to go into it too far, aside from just to say that it's actually it. I really, really enjoyed watching uh, the game on Saturday. It was tough, hard finals football. Um, yeah, uh, both teams cracked in. Uh, Fremantle at times looked like they might be uh, stealing uh, a bit of momentum. Um, but I tell you what, uh, the Crows did what they needed to do when they needed to do it. And, uh, yeah, everyone yeah. needs to get around uh, get around the um, uh, the team on grand final day. And as you said, Nick, 10 bucks to get in or free for, t- for members. Uh, why would you even think twice? particularly considering the Crows are playing in Melbourne this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, a bit, bit of fun with that. I, I just, I mean, the, the good thing is that this year 
is the first year they've actually had players from the draft that have actually played all their way through the junior career. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you're starting to see those um, kind of that raise in skill um, that is happening. I do think, though, the new teams coming in is going to dilute that talent pool still a bit because um, we do see that – well, we've already seen the, the newer clubs that have been in for a couple of years, they're the ones that are struggling. They're the ones that are down the bottom of the ladder because the talent pool is still stretched a little bit thin. I think this is going to stretch it even more a little bit, so we may actually see a little bit of a dip again before the rise is going to yeah. happen. I, I do think they've expanded it too quickly again. Yeah, I agree, Nick. The only thing I'll say about that, Nick, is that it's really noticeable that the girls coming through the system now, um, they've had a little bit of foundation now. They've come up through the SANFL or through the other state leagues. Um, they haven't come in cold, as Maka mentioned earlier. So I think the stand, the, the base standard in general is lifting. So I, I, I don't disagree. I think we might see it tail off a little bit over a couple of seasons. But I don't think it'll be substantial. I, I just think the AFLW is going from strength to strength and all credit uh, to everyone involved um, for continuing on with that um, and all credit to the Crows for really creating a bit of a legacy. Now, Mac? Yeah, mate. Are you ready for your 15 minutes of fame? <laughs> I'm ready to go. Look at that. Look at that. Wow. I don't. You probably wouldn't have seen that because... Uh, you don't watch it. No, we're not but, watching uh, it. <laughs> what, what, watch your back, Macca, because I tell you what, you'll you'll have a little you'll have a little cry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't cry. Man. I don't cry much, mate. Oh, yeah? Okay. Well, let's right, cry with empathy or pain or what? <laughs> no joy, mate. Joy. Oh well, that's good. That's a good cry. <laughs> Anyway, let's get into the weekend's results, shall we? Uh, and we had the Bulldogs um, getting my tipping off to a bad start by uh, just... Um, I think I've made a mess of that score there, but they got up by 11 points <laughs> uh, over the Swans. Uh, the Swans would be a bit disappointed with that, but I guess the Bulldogs were due a win. Well, they won it in the first half. Uh, the Bulldogs uh, sort of flogged uh, the Swans in the first half. Half time was four ten to one three, and that one three is a very very low score, isn't it? Um, and uh, the Bulldogs wasted a lot of opportunities uh, because they had, as I say, fourteen scoring shots to four. But um, Sydney, and they are always a good team. They came out and they really made a game of it after half time, and they got to a stage where they could have almost pinched the game. Uh, often got it within five points, but uh, the bot he managed to snaffle a goal just to sew it up. But the um, one thing uh, came out of the game, English has, seems to have arrived as a ruckman. Um, I, I never thought he was going to be this good. He played a very, very good game and probably the, the dominant factor. Um, probably also should be reported too in the game for hitting somebody in the hit, face. Uh, Thanks, Jalabay, for telling me what the score should have been. Sorry, go on, mate. I don't yep. know. Tim, and- Tim, Tim English is a bit hot and cold still. He's been, well, he's had three good games in a row. Uh, I've been sort of waiting for him to sort of flounder, but he's had three good games in a row, so he appears to have arrived. But the Bulldogs would have been lucky to get... They would have been pleased to get the win. Uh, Sydney would be very disappointed, but they'd be disappointed mainly with their first half because that's where they blew it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I, I guess the Bulldogs were just due to win one. Um, Melbourne... Uh, oh. 
So it's always had Essendon to measure in this game, 14-15-99 to 10-10-70 margin in the end of 29 points. You're starting to break up a bit, mate. Um, okay, keep going. Yeah, uh, well, the Melbourne roll on and, and uh, look, I put it, Essendon, they put up a brave show, actually, and they made it interesting in the second half. But, um, you know, when you've got, uh, even though you've got your, your main man, he's been tagged and Petrarca, and he's been reduced to an average game by his standards. But, you know, you've got Oliver steps up, uh, Brayshaw steps up, Gorn dominates in the ruck. They're a very, very good side, and it's hard to see that they won't be in, uh, possibly playing in the grand final again this year. Um, even no, I don't think so. Ben Brown drops out, so Wiedemann comes in and he kicks four. So yeah. they, they've just got a complete side. There's no weaknesses there that I can see. And uh, the interesting thing is that uh, Essendon, zero and three, that's the first time they've been zero and three for 55 years, thing. Yeah, which is surprising, isn't it? It's, uh, I didn't expect that stat. Um, but there you go. I mean, they're not, they're not yeah. the worst team going around. And, you know, the ladder takes a bit of time to shake out, but uh, I don't think there's it three team. They basically play good side so far. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, oh, geez, I was disappointed with the Suns in this one. The Giants, 12, 11, 83, 26 points in the end to the Suns, 8, 9, 57. I just, the Suns need to start winning these. I know we go bang on about it all the time, but the Suns just need to start winning some of these. Yeah, they don't really worth talking about much in this. Uh, no. I mean, a priest dominated in the rucker. It was interesting that he had his first game at the Giants in rucker. He did well, but you know the midfield. When you look at it, Taranto, Canilio, Green, Kelly, etc. Yeah. Um, that's I mean really to me. I think of G- GWS as this startlingly good uh, midfield and average uh, forwards and average backs. And if their midfields can do enough, they'll win. And that's what happened. And uh, look. Yeah. Uh, they actually tagged Miller, which is the first time he's been successfully tagged. They kept him out of it. Yeah. Um, and, I, I'm, you know, the coach says he did get a, a little bit of the ball, but he doesn't do much with it. I'm I'm off him, Fee. Yeah. Well, certainly, I don't think he's uh, worth us pursuing, to be honest. Not for the money that it, they're going to ask. Uh, the Cats uh, with a late surge, 16-8-104, 13-point winners over Collingwood, 13-13-91. Collingwood would be disappointed, but Cats would be relieved to get on the board. Yes, I had to wash my, my mouth out the soap because I was barracking for Collingwood. Um, but the first <laughs> but the first half was uh, pretty even, and then uh, when uh, Collingwood got really ahead in the third quarter and got you know five goals up or whatever it was, uh, yeah. I thought to myself, uh, they're going to beat the pass. It's a yeah. beauty. But then after that, it was just all, you know, up to three-quarter time, they were, Collingwood was still in front. But, uh, no, in the last quarter, they only got one point in the last quarter, and I'm not quite sure what uh, Geelong kicked, but it would be, I don't know, about five, seven goals. Seven goals they kicked in the last quarter. Mm. Um, pretty handy recruit they got in Cameron kicking six goals and to sit alongside Hawkins, who got three. So they had a real target up there. Um yeah, young Nick, Nick Dacos, though, he once again showed he's a very, very classy individual. Must get Indeed. the rising star this week. Well, you would think. You would think he would. Um, um, not a lot of competition, as far as I can tell, this week. Not this week. Uh, 
And then we had the Lions absolutely destroying North Melbourne, 23-18, 156-7-6-48, 108-point-smashing. Not a lot to talk about there. North was shit. Well, that sums it up. Uh, Brisbane, <laughs> uh, they... <laughs> Call a spade a spade. Well, that's well, right. Well, you, you did put some more adjectives in front of you. You're going to do that, Nick. It was really <laughs> terrible. But... Uh, uh, look, North Melbourne didn't look like they'd got it, very many AFL standard players. I mean, Jason, uh, uh, what's his name? Horn um, Francis. I can never which one, which way it goes. It's Horn Francis, yes. Um, he uh, he was one of their very better players. And uh, he, he did, I think he got, uh, what did he get? He got 20, had 21 disposals and seven clearances. Um, This is in a a side that's getting absolutely smashed. Uh, And young Zeri did okay in the ruck, but I can't. uh, And Timpan got a few kicks, but the other players, it's not worth talking about. It's not worth talking about. Uh, I mean, North Melbourne, they beat West Coast last week, but that's only because West Coast didn't have a team. West Coast were playing their their bloody state league team. (laughs) Yeah, not much to say about the game. It was 108 points. There's nothing to talk about. Said too much already. Uh, Carlton yep. getting up at the death over Hawthorne, 11 8 to 11-7-73. 3 zip for Carlton. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? I thought they would improve because they, 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 they've done a very good uh, recruiting job around the, around the middle of the ground. That's where you, win, you, know, yeah. you get the ball and you win the game. And they've, they've, they've done very well there uh, the players they've brought into the club. Um, I was barracking against them. I wanted Hawthorne to win it, and um, they, they did dominate the first half, Carlton, and Cripps was absolutely dominating it. Uh, yeah, he's going all right, isn't he, Mac? Yeah, look, I've, I've had to say, <laughs> I told you, last week I gave in and said, he's a good player this year, and so after two years out... Stop. Good player yeah, two years stop. he was... Yeah, two years of playing with injury, and that made him look ordinary, but he is playing very well at the moment. Um for Hawthorne, I thought that uh, Jeff, he, he just mopped up everything. He's a, he's a very good player to watch. He's just very quick and 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 uh, he, he he got on top in the, in the second half. He just mopped up everything. Mitchell and Warple, uh, they got the, the midfield going. And uh, uh, eventually Carlton just fell over the line, really, it just because I think, um, what was the margin in? One point. point or something? Yeah. yeah, one point. Yeah, so... Um, I'm not sure about Carlton. They've, played, they've improved dramatically. But I think Hawthorne have too. Um, so uh-huh. I'm not saying that he... Hawthorne won't, probably won't play in the eight, but Carlton could be a contender. I wouldn't write off Hawthorne for the bottom half of the eight. Mitchell's got them playing good footy and he's prepared to play, play the kids um, and trust them. Um, I would imagine they'll probably run out of steam at some point. Um, but uh, they're, they're playing a good brand of footy. I like I like the brand of footy that Mitchell's got them playing. I expected them to play a real stodgy brand under him, but he's uh, got them running freely and uh, it's good to watch. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that they pan out. Carlton, the way they're going with their firepower, the, the thing that'll hurt Carlton is injuries. If they start getting a few key injuries, as we know happens in a long season... I'm not sure whether they've got the depth to be able to carry that, um, but I think that they'd be uh, 
pushing top four, probably five to seven, I reckon, at this early stage. Well, you think that, you know, the way they've started it, they've, and you'll said they've got a very, very good midfield, which, which always helps. And uh, I, I think they'll make the eight, probably I, I think the bottom part of the eight, but, uh, mm. and they're not, they're not flag material, I don't think, but, uh, not yet. but they've improved, but they've improved greatly. Yep. Uh, the St Kilda Saints today, 89-117 over Richmond, 13-684. Richmond really fell away after a tight tussle for half the game. Um, Richmond just if, looked to... Sorry? I was going to say it's a 56-point turnaround. That's not too foul. Yeah, that's right. Um, it Richmond was. Just, just, Richmond just seemed to be a little bit... Um, short on manpower at the moment. They're obviously missing Dusty and they didn't have a forward line to speak of. Um, but uh, St Kilda, that's the best they've played so far this season. Yeah, the game started off very free-flowing and then six goals each in the first quarter. Richmond got on top and in the second quarter, in the early third, and they got four goals up and then uh, Crouch and Steele just tore them apart after that. King got mm. four goals in the last quarter and it must have been Probably the best game I've seen Brad Crouch play for the Saints. He was easily the I'd best player. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with and, that. He played very well. Yep. And and King, King we don't have to fall forward like him. He, he's, he's a very good King. Um, anyhow, they career, they career had a way to win by 33 points. And uh, as I said, Crouch, King, and uh, yeah. Still, you know, still, that was the other player I was trying to think of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and in the last game, uh, which I haven't got up on the score because it was still going when I did this, um, the Dockers absolutely destroying West Coast, 15-12-102 to West Coast, 7-5-47. A margin there of 55 points. West Coast just trying to survive at the moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing to say. There because 12, uh, 12 or 13 changes again, and... He knew before the game started it was going to be a free eye win. And, yeah. Uh, he, he Even though I tipped West Coast, Mac. I tipped West Coast by mistake. Oh, you didn't, did you? Yeah, I did. Click the yeah, button. You know, Never mind. Started, started watching. I watched about a quarter and I thought, that I've had enough of this. So that's all to say on that one. <laughs> I made it to about the three-quarter time. I made it to about like eight o'clock and I just went, no, I just can't have this on. Can't do this, this anymore. Is, no, this this is just sad. Yeah, I oh, wrote it off. First quarter. Yeah, let's have a look at the ladder, and that doesn't include that last game, but we can work it out. Uh, Brisbane and Melbourne, along with Carlton, on top of 12 points. Hawthorne, Collingwood, Geelong, Sydney, and St Kilda on two wins each make up the eight. Uh, the Suns, Fremantle, Rich, or Fremantle might be in the eight now. Oh, no, that's, they're probably ninth. Uh, no, they're fifth. Oh, the fifth. Oh, yeah, because they would They've have had a fair fifth. percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. St Kilda would be ninth. Um, Gold Coast, Richmond, Western Bulldogs, GWS, Adelaide, and North Melbourne on one win. West Coast, Port, Adelaide, and Essendon yet to open the account. Macca. Lovely stuff. I really love the Port North three. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> There is not another club that gets up there and says at the beginning of the year, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to win the premiership this year. We're going to give it a real shake this year. Old Kenny comes out or and comes out with these stupid statements and uh, the, the general manager says they're going to win 
three premierships in five years now. Uh, I think that was last year, so they've got to win the premiership this year, and there's no hope for that. Um, so, yeah, they all talk. They all talk. They talk, but they don't do. Well, let's uh, crack into the uh, showdown. Uh, it was a famous victory, one of the uh, more exciting games of footy you'll see, and it was Adelaide 15-6-96 getting up after the siren, uh, thanks to Geordie Dawson's uh, reverse swing left footer off the uh, inside ankle. Um, Port Adelaide 13-12-92, a margin, of course, of four points. And, by goodness me, weren't we all just jumping up and down? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. I, I did tell you guys that, he, that when Dawson gets here, he will be our best player. And he's just in the process of making himself our best player at the moment. He, when the ball's in his hand, you just know it's going to be good for us. And um, that was a bit of a miss kick, that kick of his. Um, oh, no doubt. Just, it was the worst kick he's, he's kicked for a long time. <laughs> oh, incredibly. I've never seen Matthew kick one like that. He normally just kicks cook, cook, uh, like a dart. But, um, no, I, you know, Cumming, look, Cummins would be proud of that in swing. Uh, it's an absolute beauty. Yeah, was a ripper. Was a ripper, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I was glad it was him. Uh, Josh Rochelle, all credit to him, wanted to have a kick, but uh, I'm glad it was Geordie Dawson. And uh, as he said uh, in the post match, you don't have to draw pictures; you just have to uh, just have to <laughs> have it on the scoreboard. And he certainly had it on the scoreboard, and uh, the scoreboard read. Amazingly well. And look, you know, uh, it wasn't a pretty game, Macca and Nicky, but we just continued to scrap, didn't we? Oh, it was a battle, wasn't it? It was, it was a classic uh, showdown, really. It really was a classic showdown. Um, you know, we hear that phrase rolled out before every, show, every show, uh, showdown that it doesn't matter where they are on the ladder. And actually, in this case, it's true that our court think they're pretty good. And uh, when everybody's called it, said we're a shit side. So, uh, but <laughs> uh, it, you know, we ended up getting the last four goals of the game, and um, and uh, I thought we didn't. We had some very harsh decisions. I thought given against us with those stupid little fifty meter uh, penalties, etc. Um, well, the, well, really... the one called against Rochelle. Uh, I looked at that a few times, and that was uh, that one fifty meters. Boke had already kicked the ball. Um, exactly, when exactly. Ran past, um, and yes, the protective zone does extend behind the player to a degree, but Boke had already moved off his mark, had already gone to kick the ball, uh, and Josh was running to cover that player, and the failure was on the umpire. Sometimes we see the umpire um, screen play on when a bloke just just motions to go off the line. And other times we see the umpire not call it until he's moved off the line about five metres. So they've got to get that right because, and in my opinion, they need an umpire behind that uh, setup to be able to, to make the call. I don't think it's the umpire's call who is next in play. I think it's the umpire behind the play that needs to be lining that up um, and making the call about the protected zone because um, Boke had moved three or four steps off his line already. 
and uh, poor old Joshua Shelley, you could see in his face, he was absolutely devastated. Thought he'd cost us the game. Nearly had a chance. It came within a bee's whisker, if it wasn't for Trent McKenzie's courageous mark, came within a bee's disker of uh, having a shot for the sealer. And uh, then nearly had came came within a whisker again of having the shot after the siren that eventually Geordie took. Um, he wanted but, uh, it. Well, he wanted to make amends, and you like to see that from a kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, don't forget that we are interactive. Uh, we've got an absolute jam-packed studio audience tonight, which is just fantastic. Um, so if you do want to have your say, we've got plenty of time, so stick your hand up in the state, in the uh studio audience here and i'll get you on um and don't forget if you want to support us at all uh patreon.com forward slash afl crowcast if you're listening to us on youtube and you want to get around the stuff on discord um the links to uh discord if you're not already on us uh, are in that uh, description so just get around that um all right so let's see this is where i get a little bit disorganized <laughs> because I ran out of time today, so let's just see how organised I can be, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Okay. Let's just first of all look at the um, team lineups because I swear to God, when the teams came out, I thought thought we were tanking. (laughs) And how wrong did I prove to be? Whoops, not Nicky's cockwondle. Oh, you got to... You got a, a preview of <laughs> Nikki's thing then. Um, I didn't like. I didn't like the team at all. Did you guys? Nah. Look, uh, look we had Mrs. Himmelberg's uh, son <laughs> up at full up at full forward, and, I, and look, he had been going very, very poorly. And to, you know, to the lad's credit, I, I thought he had an excellent game actually. <laughs> but mm. I thought, we're talking about pre-game. Pre-game, I thought. That, look, Gallant, I have faith in Gallant, believe it, or not, even though he's only played one or two games or three games or whatever it is. Uh, he's, he's 100%er. He, he, has a, he has a real crack. Um, but, uh, you know, with uh, Fogarty there, he moves, he moves like a glacier. He's that bloody slow. And uh, Himmelberg, who hadn't been getting a lot of the ball. Um, no, I'm like you. I just thought, well, we just aren't going to score. That's going to be the problem. Um, but. Did not prove to be the case. I didn't like Billy coming in. I, I felt like um, the only way Billy comes in is if Murray has a crack up forward uh, in place of Elliot. Um, I didn't like Lockie Murphy coming straight in after basically a practice game um, at the expense of um, Luke Pedler. No, and I, agree. I didn't. I didn't. Sorry. I agree with all that before the game. I agree with you. Uh, but Lockie Murphy, I thought, played well. In, uh, well, if you let uh, me finish speaking. Um, but I thought both of those. <laughs> I don't even think Billy had a bad game, to be honest with you. I don't think he's the answer. Mac, do you? Or Nick? <clears throat> at centre-half back? No, I don't think he played badly. What do you no. think, I, I at the ground, um, a couple of those. If you're watching on the TV, a couple of those like really easy, like marks you saw Marshall doing. Poor, credit to Port, massive blocks on Frampton to stop him um, actually getting there. They they were blocking very early to to do that, and we weren't covering um, as well. 
But when there was an opportunity for him to be like close to Marshall, he was beating him. And another one thing I do like about Billy is actually his kick is very nice. He doesn't panic. He's actually quite a good kick um, out of defence. And a couple of their really nice um, movement up forward, a fast movement up forward, was started from him out of defence. So whilst, yes, uh, Marshall kicked five goals, I didn't think Frampton was actually that bad. Well, I, you know, Marshall, I've got no opinion of Marshall whatsoever. I mean, and neither do Port supporters, actually. Uh, no. he, he, for him to kick five goals, well, but I do agree though, Nick, it wasn't totally all his fault. A lot of it was due to the fact there was no pressure on the player upfield. Yeah, and, a little bit. And uh, they also, the uh, port forwards had also spread to make this pathway for, uh, what's the name, to run just straight forward at the ball. And, um, as I said, if if uh, he's got to compete for the ball, he's no good at all. And but Marshall was just just given the lane that he could run into, and I think yeah. that was probably a, a you know, pre-game plan, and it worked well. And I don't think he'll ever kick five goals again if he has to earn them. Um, and so yes, you can't totally blame blame Frampton for that. I thought he didn't do too badly when it was a, a contest, and certainly I agree with you about the kicking. His kicking is excellent, actually. He's more composed uh, with his kicking than Murray. Murray was turning over too much, which is probably what saw him get a rest in the end. Um, I, I, I like Nick Murray a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, but, anyway, of course, he didn't have a great game in the twos, so hopefully he lifts his head and gets some form and works his way back into it. Well, yeah, I only saw the last quarter of the twos because by the time I got off work and got the bus in because um, it started so early. Um, last quarter, so I don't know what had happened prior to it. But I do think we actually got something better out of him, unfortunately, being dropped because it meant they moved Hinge off the wing and they put Hinge back in the back lines. And I prefer Hinge actually in the back lines. So, yes. He had a good game overall, Hinge, I thought. So, uh, needless to say, uh, selection didn't fill me with a lot of hope um, going into the game. Um, And I actually thought we were going to... Like, I actually tipped Adelaide uh, on Tuesday night. That was prior to selection. And when I saw selection, I thought, yeah. I was a bit like you, Mac. I wasn't sure where the goals were going to come from. Yeah, that was a worry. Yeah, um, that that was the thing that concerned me. It's like, how, how are we going to kick a score here? Um, I knew Port wouldn't kick a score. Um, I didn't expect Marshall to get five, but their forward line is is also particularly um, shallow. Um, so I thought it was going to be a, be a midfield arm wrestle, and uh, I just didn't know where we were going to get our our goals from, but. Uh, we did, and that was uh, a good thing. Let's go through some of the head-to-head stats, shall we? Uh, real quick, I won't spend a huge amount of time on this. Uh, disposals, even. Uh, same amount of kicks, almost the same amount of handballs. Uh, inside 50s, Port were up by 8. Um, disposal efficiency, about the same. Inside 50 efficiency, we were marginally more efficient inside 50. Free kicks, 28 to 23. It didn't feel like that. Um, 
it felt like uh, I wouldn't say that the umpiring was biased one way or the other, but it, it felt like they got some key frees. Although there was one right at the death um, on the wing with when um, when the ball came out after Mackenzie's mark, where uh, Chase Jones got caught with the ball and slung, and the ball spilled free, and if that that was holding the ball. Um, Portugal got a free out of that. That was just before Houston hooked it out of the air to uh, uh, to Billy to set up the last little play. Um, but um, I didn't think the umpiring was great either side. But again, you know, they got a lot to do. Uh, in terms of stoppage, uh, O'Brien forty six hitouts to thirty three. Um, again, didn't do a lot around the ground, but then neither did Lysett, so it was probably a nil all draw. Uh, 40 clearances each for the match. We slightly shaded them around centre and they slightly shaded us around stoppage. Pretty pretty easy, uh, even though. Um, contested possessions were up by six, so pretty close there. Uncontested was also very close. Turnovers also very close. Marks exactly even. Marks inside 50 exactly even. Um, contested marks 13 to 11. So you can just see there... Um, Port actually had 16 more tackles than us uh, for the game. But you can see with these stats, and that's why I'm whizzing through them, that statistically it was an extremely even game of footy. Yeah, they were. I, I looked at them myself before we came on air, and uh, I thought exactly that, and I think the scores reflect that too. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot in it. Um but uh, I think it was key individuals at key moments. For example, Elliot Himmelberg took, I think, uh, three or four contested marks in the last quarter, uh, which were really key, um, obviously, and hitting the scoreboard as well um, was very good. Um, we did what we needed to do when it mattered. Um, it certainly wasn't pretty, but uh, we got the job done. Let's have a look at some individual stats, shall we? Uh Rory Laird, a very good return to form from Lairdy, I thought. Uh, return to the team, I should say. Uh, 31 disposals, 14 kicks, yep. 17 handballs, four tackles, seven clearances, 373 metres gained, an excellent game by him. Matty Crouch, uh, 29 touches, nine kicks, 20 handballs, four marks, four t- tackles, five clearances, four, uh, sorry, one goal assist. Uh, let me have a look here. Three inside fifties, uh, six stoppage, uh, six score involvements, I should say. Um, very good disposal efficiency. Um, seven contested possessions. It's a funny old game from, well, it was a funny old game because they didn't actually. Like he was just farming the ball out, and that's that's look. To be honest with you, that's that's what we need Matt to do. Um, we need him to just keep farming the ball out. I don't think all his um, disposal out of clearances were clean. I think he's still getting the pace of the game, uh, but I think it was better and more effective than it was the previous week. So, um, um, certainly not our worst by any stretch. Not he, he was good. Uh, he was effective at, at times. Um, he's still, I think, a game or two away from getting the real pace of the game, I think. And the the interesting thing was what we were slamming him for last week were those backwards handballs, always looking backwards, always looking backwards. Yeah. And if you remember, I think, two years ago, 
when we also were quite harsh on him one week about him always going backwards, always going backwards. And then the next week he didn't do one at all. He kept going forward. And we like, and I think we made the comment at the time, obviously he got told if he was going to play the next week, he wasn't allowed to go backwards at all. I kind of got the feeling this is what happened this week because he did actually so many forward balls. He did not do the instinctive look backwards first. Um, and that's where I think we got a bit more of that nicer movement because he was actually looking forward and trying to be proactive. Um, so I, and it was interesting that he wasn't, he didn't start the game in the center. Rochelle did. And that's the only reason I think I, that's why I think Murphy was picked beforehand. I was looking at the team going, if Murphy's being picked because we've got too many small forwards, does that mean when they're actually going to put Rochelle in the midfield rotations? Well, it's interesting. Matty Crouch only spent 69% time on ground and he only attended 16 centre uh, bounces. Uh, Harry yeah. was by far, uh, Harry and Laird were the two mainstays. I think Laird was 29, Harry was 25 from memory. Matty um, had 16, Benny Keys, I think 21. Um, working off memory, so don't quote me. Uh, and then a couple from Geordie and Josh, and um, I think that might have been it. Um, so yeah. uh, they're still managing Matt Crouch's time uh, quite noticeably. Um, he would normally be up a lot higher than that, probably into the low 80s. Uh, so sub-70 is, is not a lot of time for him. Um, so based on the fact that he was on, only on the ground for, you know, uh, just under three-quarters of the, of the match, they're very good stats. So, you know, promising. And if yeah. he can continue that, he frees up other players. Um, you know, I think... Uh, the issue that we've had in the first two weeks is that we've been too slow, uh, and that's because um, uh, Sloney's been in there as well. So, um, you know, we'll just have to see. Now, is my uh, audio breaking up again? Yeah. It was a little bit, but you're It's uh, being dodgy, unfortunately, so... Never mind. My apologies. All right. Um, Benny Keys, uh, speaking of uh, Benny Keys, 25 touches, 13 and 12, uh, two marks, seven tackles, 11 clearances, if you don't mind, 338 metres gained, um, 82% time on ground. Uh, he had six inside 50s, uh, seven centre clearances, seven score involvements, uh, not a great uh, disposal efficiency, but you get that, 16 contested posies. Uh, for mine, and uh, not jumping the gun too much, but for mine, our best player. Um, I will. We'll have a debate about that, but um, yeah. but he's definitely in the best players. I thought he, uh, he he is. If every player played with the same intensity, effort, and that he does, we'd, we'd never get beaten. Yep. Nick. Oh, he's, he's definitely up there with um, what he did for the game. Um, I think in terms of – this is why I'm still umming and ahhing about my five is because I'm still trying to consider impact in actually getting the win. Good. That's very good, Nick. I agree with that. So yeah. I'm, still, I'm still not set yet. <laughs> I'm kind of leaning one way. Will it, <laughs> is, see, if you, is, see if you can convince is, me another way. His lace-out pancake to Elliot was uh, 
Like uh, poultry. <laughs> what, it, what it does still call it? Um, a sack of potatoes? A sack, a sack of, of wheat. <laughs> sack of wheat, they called it. Sack of wheat, that's what it too. was. <laughs> it was, but also on that, Himmelberg doing the little fake to the left and then back to the right to mark it was some really nice forward craft because yeah. the defender on him would go the other way first. Well, it's what you want your forwards to do. How'd you get him in there, Nick? We were talking about cheese. I know, but it was just so that one. It just reminded, just reminded me of that moment. It was just like, right. oh, my God. Um, Jordy Dawson. Jordy Dawson, 24 disposals, 20 kicks, yeah, four handballs, six marks, uh, 664 metres gained, spent 92% time on ground, uh, two contested marks, five inside 50s, five score involvements, four intercepts, 70% disposal efficiency. And six contested possessions. If he's not second best, I don't know what is. It could be Keats because he might be first. Yes, I, I agree. He's not second best. No, look, I mean, what I like about Jordan, North, Jordan Dawson is that he makes uh, he makes so many of his uh, disposals count and that they lead to something good happening. Um, and that doesn't matter where you play him, whether you play him at and full back, half back flank on the wing, half forward flank, not uh, or in the middle on the ball, he's just good. And uh, to me, uh, I do believe that he just lifts the other players around him because when he's got the ball, they know that they can get, run to a spot and he'll get it there. Well, he doesn't panic. Uh, he does. He's good in traffic. He doesn't panic. Uh, Disposed in traffic. He's happy to. Get his arms up and and to uh, wear contact, etc. Uh, his kicking, his style is very uh, efficient, isn't it, Macca? There's not a lot of waving the ball around. It's just a Perfect. nice, simple, Perfect. nice, simple kicking action, which is what you want. Allows him to get the ball onto the boot pretty quickly and effectively, and uh, is sneaky quick, sneaky quick, a yeah. uh, little bit yeah, quicker yeah. than what we probably anticipated, I think. Um, oh, oh. I watch him. I've been watching him play for the last couple of years with Sydney, and uh, when they when they well uh, when they when we uh, when I heard that he was going to come to Adelaide, I can't say how I felt. It'd be rude, um, but yeah, it was terrific, absolutely terrific. Um, what I did like was I think it was one of his um, might have been the the goal that well it was a point um, that one, but where he's burst out of the centre. And as he's running past and there's a port player that goes to bump him and he just absolutely wore the bump, did not break stride at all. He's just so strong in the body as well that he knew that was coming and he's like, he's not going to tackle me. This is what he's going to do. So he's a footballer as well as um, that beautiful skill set that he has on him. And I I think that, yeah, we're we're very happy he chose us. Yeah, well, yeah. Look, when he played for City, look, two, two years ago, he was in their top ten. I think he was about uh, seventh or eighth. And uh, last year he was third. So what he is, he's still an emerging footballer. There yeah. is still more in him to come. Oh, yeah. So he well, he's coming off be, the calf too. So, I mean, he's just getting to match fitness. Yeah, so he is going, he's going to be just something that we haven't had for a long, long time. Very much so. Uh, Lucky Scholl uh, continues to rediscover his form of his uh, debut season. Uh, 24 touches, 12 and 12. 
two marks, two clearances, 230 metres gained. He does do that little chippy sort of uh, connector pass, but that's all right. He's fairly good at it. Um, two inside 50s, probably like a couple more from him off the wing. Uh, four score involvements, three intercepts, only 54% disposal efficiency. Makes an absolute liar of me. Um, but 10 contested possessions as well, which is what I liked about Lockie. Uh, he's not the toughest player you'll ever find, and every now and again he has an Atkins moment, but by and large he was uh, in amongst it. Yeah, and that's that's how I saw it too, is the fact that he does lots of good things, but when there looks like being a, a physical moment where you might have to wear one really badly, he's not there. And he just just he just shortens his stride. That that's the one yeah. thing I've got against him. What well, one of one of their goals was definitely on him um, that they got because he could have got to that contest. It's just to kind of wait to see what they did, which then meant he had to run around another port player to, to then try and get pressure on. Um. And I think because he's had a couple of those hard knocks with injuries resulting from it, so I can understand a little bit why there can sometimes be that hesitation from him. But we've also seen that when he wants to get up and help drag the team along for a win, like he did in the last quarter, he's got that in him. Um, so it, So he's kind of like in this little bit of in-between at the moment. You're kind of like... <laughs> Um, but other times you just kind of want that other show to be playing for all four quarters. Yeah. Uh, a few mentions in the chat about him sticking channels and shirking contests. We've got to remember, Nick, you rightly pointed out, he's been poleaxed a couple of times. He's a kid and he's only yep. fairly slight. And um, the knock-on, we didn't mind that about Rory Atkins as long as he kept using the ball well when he had it. And the knock-on Rory was that he stopped getting it. Um, and kept trying to dance around and ended up getting caught more often than not. Lockie Scholl is an outside player, and I think we have to be careful about our expectations about Lockie as long as he continues to do his job. That's why I was a touch concerned about his inside 50 count. We probably need a couple more from from him, um, but I wasn't disappointed with this game at all. Uh, no, Harry he's Sch- going good. Harry Schomburg, uh, 23 touches, 9 kicks, 14 handballs, uh, 3 marks, uh, 9 tackles, 407 metres gained, uh, spent 87% time on ground and is now a mainstay in our midfield. 6 inside 50s, um, 7 score involvements, uh, 74% disposal efficiency, 5 contested possessions. I thought Harry started like poo, like he has been for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I felt like after half time we started to see a bit of Harry uh, that we know, and it looked to me like he was working himself into form. Yeah, uh, uh, you have a go, Nick. Yeah, no, I agree with that entirely. Although he wasn't as poo as he was last week. No. <laughs> And I like the fact that um, he actually spent quite a bit of time in the midfield and they persevered with keeping him in the midfield, um, which is what we talked about last week. You know, that's the only way he's going to learn. And it was quite interesting. You can tell the commentators don't really know uh, at players as well. So when they Dunstall was talking about, why did he go out so far, you know, for that shot on goal? It's like, <laughs> it's because he actually knows he can kick it from there. 
he's actually better at that angle when he than he is further around. Um, so, it I, to me it was a, a a small step forward in his development, um, which is good oh, after the, the last two games we've had. Look, where you're right, he was poo. I mean, let's 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 just temper it with this. He's a kid. He's like. When oh, I yeah. say his form was poo, he was still getting the agate. His disposal looked rushed and rushed, and um, yep. uh, he was burning it a fair bit. Um, but he perseveres. He's um, occasionally. I was watching him a bit. Occasionally, he ball watches a little bit when the ball's on the other side of the contest, um, and his man can get away from him. He was playing on boat quite a bit, um, and it was a pretty good matchup. Um, so. Like, don't get me wrong, you know I'm Harry's biggest fan uh, and I'm glad to see him just get some confidence back in that second half. That goal that he kicked in the in the uh, scoreboard pocket was was uh, oh, yeah. a beautiful goal um, and kept us kept us alive. So uh, certainly uh, certainly among our better players, I thought, Macca. Yeah, well, you know, the boys in the chat, I think they've got it spot on. Uh, he, he, you know, he's standing tired of that. Like, Macca, don't tell him that. that. They'll start wanting to take <laughs> over the podcast. We're supposed to be telling group. them what to uh, think. But, uh, well, they come up with some good stuff. But uh, Wines and Boat, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's the sort of calibre of player he was standing against. And yep. from my point of view, I, I, I think he did a reasonably good job because, um, I mean, Wines is all Australian. Uh, I, I don't know whether Boak has been all Australian. If he hasn't, he should have been. Oh, and, sure um um, so from my point of view, I, I had, when I was picking my best five, he was, when I was trying to pick the fifth one, he was just uh, dithering around there a little bit because I thought, yeah. you know, he finished, he finished the game strongly and, uh, yeah, he's got to be a good player for us long term. Oh, you can tell he's invested. Um, you know, he, he will live and breathe the club, no no doubt about that. He's, he's quality and, uh, as I said, it's good to see him back with a little bit of confidence. Uh, Brody Smith, uh, in a really good vein of form at the moment, uh, 18 disposals, 15 and 3, 4 marks, 3 tackles, 620 metres gained, um, <clears throat> one bad turnover, but we won't turn up talk about that too much, 3 inside 50s, uh, 3 score involvement, 6 intercepts, uh, disposal efficiency lets him down at times, 5 contested possessions, but I just feel like... Um, Brody and John uh, Mitch John Hinge Mitch Hinge um, a very good combination of halfback. They complement each other very well, I think. They do, don't they? And uh, that little slip when you said Johnny he ever played one game for us, I think. John yeah. Hinge, his other. Uh, Mitch is by far a better footballer. Yeah, you're quite right. They do complement us. Uh, they both uh, good kit, which is a, is a, a it's a very good start. Uh, Hinge is more like the bullet-like pass and uh, or, or the long raking kick. Um, Smith, he likes to really let fly with a real longy, and uh, if he can get a shot at goal, he likes that too. Um, but I reckon he is he's in pretty good form this year. He is in good nick. Um, yeah, captain never, well. When you kick it sideways like Brody does, um, you're never going to be accurate. <laughs> it just it just you're not going to be accurate. Um, I like. Hitting up a hitting up a pass, um, you know that slingshot kicking action that he's got. Um, but uh, he makes two. But uh, he did have one bad turnover, I recall. Uh, never mind. Yeah, it was. Playing, 
Hang on, right. Um, yeah, Lukey Brown will bypass him. It was probably an unsung sort of a game. He was around the mark without setting the world on fire. Billy, we've already talked about, did some good things. Um, but in the end, um, Marshall still kicked five on him. Mitch Hinch. Yes, uh, sorry, go on, mate. Are you breaking up again, mate, as well? Okay. Mitch Hinch, we've spoken about. I reckon he's excellent off halfback. I don't want to see him on the wing. I don't know why they put him on a wing. He's a bona fide halfback flanker. Um, no, breaking up. I, th- I think what they were doing with Hinge was they were using him as a seed replacement. Yeah. So they were using somebody who is actually a defender but actually has good aerobic capacity in that kind of replacement role that we like to have where that wing comes down and, you know, does the mop up. Um, but it just didn't quite work. Um, I, th- I think he's a bit like uh, we've identified uh, with uh, Miller is that they've, he's got to see the ball in front of him to to run through it, which is why he works better as a as a pure defender. I don't think it's necessarily that, Nikki. I think we get better value out of Mitch when he doesn't have to turn around. Yeah, um, he's a straight line player, and I, I think he plays a right off off the wing. But you don't get any value out of him because. His backs to goals. He's giving off handballs rather than pinpointing passes. I want to. I want him to be the guy running past the wingman, uh, not the yeah. bloke giving off to the running halfback. So uh, I think halfback's his spot. I agree. He he wasn't awful on the wing, but he's better out of the back lines. Uh, dudes, I thought was all right. Uh, didn't uh, have a huge. Um, Game statistically, although 15 kicks, uh, five kicks, 10 handballs, um, only 106 metres gained. But I felt like his game was very solid. Uh, eight intercepts, that's his go. Uh, seven contested possessions, uh, certainly did his job, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. Now, only a couple more. Um, Elliot Himmelberg. Now, Every time on this podcast that I've jumped off the Berg train, he's had a blinder. Every time. Same here. Same here. I'm always on the same train with you. Um, He's finally got me to jump off. I know. I know. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. Um, No, no, Nikki's maternal instinct. And um, (laughs) Nikki, seriously, you jumped off him last week. I know. That's what I said. Even, Even I jumped, jumped off. off everyone, everyone was off him. I mean, the the kid has potential, and and when he presents that- the way that it, I, I tell you, I tell you what, uh, without going over it too much, there was one play I think that highlights the difference between bad Elliot and good Elliot. In the last quarter, with a couple of minutes to go, he had to come up and meet a ball that was kicked to centre half forward, and you could almost see him slag off and then he recommitted to the contest didn't take the mark but he recommitted to the contest and that was where um Lockie Murphy um uh no the Benny Keys ended up with a ball eventually and and Trent McKenzie took that mark it was in that play Elliot I think at times um whether it's concentration or uh his his psychology just slags off sometimes. He won't. He won't. He, 
He won't meet the ball. He'll give up, right? Do you remember the Do you remember the play that I'm talking about, Macca? Yeah, I, I know. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, and it was it was, a, it was a marking contest, and he kind of almost stopped, and then he kept going, and he made a contest out of it. Yeah, and we would have been in strife if he hadn't. Have. Exactly. What Elliot needs to do is is understand that that's the effort that is needed, not the slagging off. Not because I think sometimes he gives up if he hasn't got front position, and I think he has to continue to make those contests because what he's there for is to make a contest and bring the ball to ground, if not take the mark. Um, I, I just felt like he was more switched on. He obviously, in my opinion, got a got a rev. Um, the trick for Elliot now is whether he can continue it. He's he's had games like well, he's had one or two games like this before where he showed a lot of promise. Um, certainly, if he played like that every week, Mackie, you'd have him in your team every day, wouldn't you? We would. I mean, he was starting to show signs of that at the end of last year. I mean, he had a pretty very ordinary start to the year last year, um, and I, I remember in about the last half dozen games that. Um, he played one or two good ones, uh, much to Nicky's delight. And um, uh, I thought, you know, he when he hurt when we started the season and he was there, I thought, well, maybe he'll go on with it. But the first his first two games have been horrid, absolutely horrid. And uh, I don't know whether his game is this week is due to the fact that he played better or whether he played on a very easy opponent because he was playing uh, mostly on Skinner who is a bloke that's got virtually no AFL experience whatsoever, um, and at times McKenzie, who's much shorter than him. So um, I don't know if he's going to get to that same opportunity every week, but I do like the fact that, I, that you know, as you quite correctly picked up in that conversation before, that's the most effort I've seen him put in. Yep. Um, and as people are pointing out in the chat, and as I've actually said before, before I... Got the shits on with him last week because I didn't think he was trying. Um, you know, they take a while, the big lads, and, and he's a loper, uh, which doesn't do him any favours. But uh, I, I, I really enjoyed his game. Uh, he was pivotal in our win. Uh, without his effort, we don't win. Simple as that. Um, so good on him. Uh, I wasn't in favour of him staying in the side, but I'm glad that he was. The other bloke that I wasn't in favour of being in the side was Lockie Murphy. And uh, Lockie Murphy proved one thing to me, Macca and Nicky. When we say play these blokes in the positions that they were drafted for, we mean it. Because Lockie Murphy was was a standout midfielder in his under-18 year, and we've been playing him forward pocket, half forward, high half forward, whatever. Whenever he's around the ball... He oh, gets he, he gets involved, and you know I was very I was terribly in for it. He had five clearances uh, on the weekend. Yep. Um, you know, uh, five score involvements, uh, three inside fifties. We didn't see. I actually saw him stay down when he usually would <laughs> fly for a mark, but he was basically playing a very high, almost. Uh, secondary midfield role around stoppage, and it suited him perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah, and look, he had a, he he gave a very good contribution to uh, to their win because, it, for the very reason that you said, Fiend, that uh, 
he does look like he's a natural uh, around, around the pack, but in a way he just crumbs it like that. I thought he was very, very good because he's clean too, very clean. And he well, hits it with absolute pace. He's actually quite – he's got toe on him. And um, so we played him – it's interesting because we played him as a defender in the SNFL and then, then he comes into the AFL and we play him as a forward. But I did like that when Nicks came in, if you remember, I think last year, when he did actually start to structure up, pushing those high half, those shorter half forwards, which was him and Rowe, lack of uh, stoppage on the wing, and they were the ones that were running through at pace. And we went, once he's come back in again, I hadn't seen that for the last two games, but this game we had it again of particularly him, um, but I did see Roe was doing it a couple of times as well, but he's not as effective as Murphy. But that just that run pass that he does a couple of times, he didn't quite get it, but it was nearly there. And if it's his first, you know, his first game back from neck surgery, so you kind I of think- forgive him not quite having that pace. But I really do like that, and and to me as well, it's the structure of you're replacing him and Rochelle, but you're allowing Rochelle actually midfield minutes. Yeah, very good point, Nikki. And uh, for those people who think that he didn't get punched on the back of the neck, he actually did. I've uh, pre-framed it. You'll see in our, chat, our private chat there, Fiend, and uh, uh, Twitter that I've put a po- uh, well, a frame there that shows uh, the other guy's fist going into uh, Murphy's neck. So he he did with his right fist. He did actually get him right in the back of the neck and... It doesn't and matter do- anyway. It was a late hit. It doesn't matter whether he yeah, hit him in the in the hip or in the neck or in the head or whatever. It was it was a late hit. It was after disposal and as simple as that. I mean, it's a free. Doesn't matter. It should always be a free. Now, those that were whinging saying that it was only a tackle around the mid the midfield uh, midriff, but it wasn't. It was it hit him in the back of his neck. And actually, Dawson said it actually hit him on the plate where he had where he's just had a neck fusion and that when the well, plate the, the whole. And the, it, initial, and the initial contact was around the waist, and then and then it followed through. But the initial contact was about five minutes after the taxi had already left. Um, so, irrespective of whether it was high or not, it was a free after disposal. It's as simple as that. Yeah, Marty Magic has put the shot up there now. Where? In the, in the chat. It's, it's in the yeah, chat. We, we don't Discord. see it. I don't see that. On Discord. Oh, yeah. And you can see that. Um, What's his name? The boat that hit him. Um, no good. Uh, Dawes, uh, Hayes, Hayes. No, it's boat ex Brisbane. I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway. Let's move on. Yeah, well, you, you can see his right fist hitting him in the neck. Yeah, Mays, Mays. That's it. Yeah. Um, anyway, a good game from Lockie, and uh, as I said, it comes back to our list profile, doesn't it? We've got a lot of these types, and uh, when you actually play them in a in a role that suits them. They perform, and I think part of our problem has been that we play a lot of these blokes in roles that don't suit them, a.k.a. Mitch Inge off on a wing. Uh, Riley O'Brien, won't talk too much about him, didn't do a hell of a lot around the ground. Uh, how many marks did he take? Uh, one contested mark. Um, look, he wasn't bad. Uh, he had oh. six score involvements. I... 
I thought the the rucks were about even thing. That yeah, I didn't think either had a major. I didn't. I didn't. Neither had uh, had a major influence on the game. Yeah. I I did like one thing though from Rob was he wasn't tapping straight down on his feet. He was actually changing his angles. The only See? problem was that um, Port didn't tell anyone that. else. <laughs> He didn't tell anyone else what he was doing. Um, no, he Firewalker did. Well, the- Paul, Paul figured it out pretty well. <laughs> Firewalker in the chat makes a good point. Uh, he did spoil, at least on two occasions, might have been more, spoiled a teammate going out for a mark. <laughs> He's, uh, he hasn't got a lot of spatial awareness anyway. Uh, Neddy McHenry, a lot of effort for not much reward from Ned, I thought. Um and when you're talking about the makeup of the team, Nikki and Macca, uh, as much as we love, love Ned's effort, uh, if we don't get output from him, then you start to wonder again whether it's a fight between uh, Murphy and McHenry for one spot. And on the weekend, it was certainly lucky that owned that spot. So, you know, Ned had 12 touches, five and seven, uh, only gained his 132 metres. He's He's fantastic around the contest, but when you've got Lockie Murphy there, who's also fantastic around the contest, we don't need two of them. No, it'll be interesting. I, don't, I actually don't mind having a lot of smalls because of the fact is that the ball spends uh, probably about 75 to 80% of the, of the game on the ground. The, the one good thing, though, about those smalls that we did have, just watching the forward line uh, working the way it was this game on Friday night was they don't they weren't getting in each other's way that they were actually like encircling the contest quite well and so whichever Sometimes. way the ball was coming yeah the the whatever way the ball was coming out we were likely to have let's, it covered. Let's not get too excited. We were down for most of the game and we weren't playing particularly well. Um, there was a play, lot of really. getting there was a lot of getting sucked into the contest. It was very right. scrappy. Um, yeah, we it, it was. But even with that, you can sometimes fi- find when people are, are getting sucked into the contest like that, they get sucked into the contest on one side. But they were actually actively moving away from each other, even if that when they were still coming in close. Is that our players you're talking about, Nikki? Yeah, particularly when it was in the forward line. Just just watching Richelli, um, Rowe and McHenry when the three of them were, you'd actually you'd see them at the three different points around a contest. Oh, actually, around the flanks and then the ball trip being thrown around the flank. Yes, I agree with you. I, I thought you were talking about the midfield because... In no, the midfield, no, no, the midfield. They, they were getting sucked in. They still like, you know, bees to a honeypot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually... Uh, we'll just finish this off and then I'll make a bit of a comment. Yes. Um, Joshua Shelley, uh, sort of in and out of the game, but uh, we don't have to talk about the quality that he's got. Jimmy Rose, similar, in and out of the game. I think that's what we're going to get from James. Sometimes the game will come to him, and other times it just won't. Um, but I'm happy to persist with him at this stage. Lucky Gallant, um, I just love him. Love him. Just love, love him. him. I've said from the first time I saw him, the way he attacks the ball in the air, Mac, he's a genuine forward marking forward and uh he just he he's got to be in for a good block he looks fantastic oh, yeah. in my opinion and he doesn't take shit i love that uh, we've seen him in the snfl he doesn't take shit there either i think what they actually did with him 
initially because we saw him on the wing in the SNFL. He was like, he was so slight. And we knew he came as a forward. I'm like, why is he on the wing? I think they did that to protect him, just to get him games into him, everything else. And he can play on the wing as well. But he is a dead set, beautiful forward. Oh, it's just Um, a forward. He's a natural forward. Yeah. And And, and just the the way that he would lead and the space and the work. And you know that's one thing I've actually liked about Himmelberg is the way that he works with other forwards to create space for them and then get out. And him and Gallant, I think because they've worked together in the SNFL as well, you can just see that that's actually coming through quite nicely into the AFL and they just worked well together. But well, Gallant had a had a absolute monster of a game. And and just seriously, that kick in the the goal in the goal square where he just took the ball straight in the He's in midair when he did that. You know, that fast brain. Yeah, he has got a good brain, Nicky. And uh, we, we I think he played one game last year and he, he, I thought he just showed enough in that one game to think, yeah, there's a footballer there. Yeah. Um, it, one of the problems that's hurled him up in his uh, career so far is that um, they reckon he's put on 12 kilos in the last year after, after putting on 12 kilos the year before. <laughs> so when, when he caved it, he must have been like a post. No, he was. Um, the dietitian actually um, said that the plan for him when he first came to the club, well, like, with every other player, they give them like a set plan. This is what you're not allowed to eat. When Lockie came in there and said, eat whatever you want. Just eat everything. <laughs> just, just eat a lot of it. <laughs> and we prefer you to eat this, which is like, <laughs> that's going to help put stuff on. He looks slightly underweight now and he's put on 24 kilos. This earlier in the chat, and some people did disagree, but other ones did. He just, he reminds me, the way he moves, he reminds me of Klug. Just that, that he's that tall, ungainly midfielder, but just got that freakish ability about him. I just... Yeah. I just Tisha, think there's, there's something pulls similar. Some out sometimes you pull some out. Sometimes Johnny Clue. My goodness oh. me. Let's go and get the footage. Um, all right, let's move on. Braden Cook uh, didn't have much of it. Nice little sidestep though <laughs> off the halfback flank. Um, I really like him. I hope they persist with him, but I have a feeling he might give way uh, to a medi sub uh, spot next he, week. He he had some issues being defensive, which. Um, some of their goals came off of work that he just kind of didn't want to do against his player. Um, so, but otherwise, yeah, there's still some really nice stuff from Cook. Uh, I think there's just, he's got, <laughs> but I, I think the funniest thing was he kicked his first goal ever in AFL football. McHenry knew. I think Fogg yeah, no knew, but else nobody did. else did. <laughs> and McHenry's yelling, this is his first goal. It was hilarious. Yeah, it looked like nobody else cared, actually. Yeah, um, no. So you've been here long enough. Should have already kicked one. Yeah. <laughs> you, you haven't mentioned the fog yet, Bane. Well, what is up with you guys tonight? Like, all right. Uh, so, obviously, Lukey Peddler didn't get a run. Now, thank you, Macca. There were a couple of players that I was going to talk about. One, of course, is Darcy Fogarty. Um, and I watched Darcy as closely as you can on the TV 
And my conclusion is that he is a lazy bugger who doesn't yep. lead. Yep. Sits there with his arms up. Yep. And well, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to make it because he's not. he's not, lazy. He he doesn't put the effort in. Thing. I I without one shadow of doubt. If he doesn't show something, well, personally, I'm going to be dropping this then this week because he doesn't deserve to be there. Um, but presuming he can get back on the side, I'd I'd be wanting to trade him at the end of the year if I can get something for him because I cannot see him ever having the mentality to want to be good. He doesn't, you know, most, some of the footballers that have gone from being uh, a scratchy ordering footballer. And they've just worked and worked and worked, and they've ended up being a very, very good footballer. This guy is best, uh, blessed with talent and no desire to be the best. He's just happy to just to roll out there and do very little. There's someone on the chat saying after I've trashed him, a go out and kick five, and that's probably true. <laughs> but I, like I, I watched him closely because we had we had blokes leading up all night. Um, you know, Elliot starts moving, and all of a sudden getting separation. This is the thing about Fogg. Darcy doesn't work hard enough to get separation. So unless he gets a um, a bona fide, clear corridor to lead into, he won't lead into it. He doesn't like leading into, like leading into confined areas. He doesn't work hard enough to get separation from his defender. He's too happy to stand there and say, kick it to me with his hand up. He's not that type of player. It's either bad coaching or it's bad um, mindset on Darcy's behalf. But he's not dynamic enough. For the type of player that he is, he needs to be moving. He needs to be moving all the time. Now, you wonder sometimes, like, you know, when you play footy as a kid growing up, you sort of model yourself on a certain player, and that's usually based on your own skill set. You tend to know... What sort of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Um, I don't know who Darcy's modelled himself on because if it's someone like Wayne Carey, who can stand there and say "kick it on my head" and I'll mark it, he's not going to make it. Darcy needs to move, and unfortunately, I watched him, watched him closely. He doesn't move. He didn't move. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, there are people making excuses in the chat, and I've praised the people in the chat, but I'm going to be critical for those that are that are defending him. They say that um, he gets the best defender every week. Well, every player gets a good a good player on them every week, and and it's just you have to work and work and work out how to get the ball. I mean, that's the whole point of being out there on the ground. And so if you, you just can't excuse a guy who can't get the ball because he's playing on a good player every week. Um he, he's, he's supposed to be a good player, he, and uh, Brent, he Brent has to learn a, how to do it. Yeah, uh, Brent makes a good um, uh, point in the chat. He's a man-child, and you're right, Brent. I, I played with a couple of man-children in my team um, in high school growing up, and, and it was just their sheer size that w- was able to get to them, and by year 12, we'd all caught up to them. Um, Darcy's just a man-child, and uh, I, I, I just don't think he's got the mentality to 
mould himself into the type of player that he needs to be in order to make a success of AFL football. He might bob up now and again and kick three or four, uh, but even his kicking starting to desert him a little bit. Um, and I don't like ragging on a kid, but he's been in the system now for, what, five, six years now? Um, I think it's I think it's long enough, and supporters desperately want him to succeed. We all want him to succeed because we can see his natural talent. I just don't know whether he's got the mentality to be able to do it, that's all. Yeah, and look, it is. It's all in the mind, Pien, because I noticed in the chat there, people talk about Ian Perry. I mean, Ian Perry was the most unskilled player I've ever seen play in a forward line. And, he kept running. Uh, you know, when, when he was going to have a shot at goal, he just did not know where it was going to go. And people in the crowd were calling for it. Um, but uh, the one thing he did, he worked his ass off. He had to yeah, work his ass off when he played. He, would, he, played, he had limited ability and he played to the very maximum of it. What we've got in Fogarty is somebody who's got ability and plays to the very minimum of it. And um, it, I agree with the man-child thing. He's sort of uh, not one and he's not the other. Uh, and uh, Vardy Magic made the point that he's just not quite big enough to be a key forward and he's too uh, slow and heavy to be uh, anywhere else. So from my point of view, I just I just don't think he belongs in our side long term. Um, I'll certainly play him a bit towards the end of the season so that we can trade him and get something for him, but I, but I would be trading him. Well, we'll just say, uh, Ray's is saying Fog not a key forward, just a forward. Yeah, but how many forwards do you want, Ray's? You know, who are you going to kick out? You, you can't have him in there. as a, he, Even as a third forward, he's got to be able to lead Razor. He's got to be able to make position. He just stands there and waves his arm around half the time. And uh, it really made me angry when I was watching him um, the other night. So anyway, we won't rag on him anymore, uh, but he's got some work to do. So look, as a general comment, I, I felt like our defence actually won us the game. Um, I felt like our midfield scrapped really hard. I felt like our forward line was quite effective. Um, but they had a lot of the ball poured during the middle period of the game and they could have been a lot further in front. And part of it was their own bad kicking, but part of it, I think, was the resilience of our back seven. So um, I really feel like um, Geordie Butts... Um, uh, Tom Diday, uh, Mitchie Hinge, Brody Smith, those blokes, um, Lukey Brown um, had really good games. Um, the one that I was concerned about was Chase Jones. Uh, he was quiet, but then again, the bloke that he was standing didn't do much either. So, um, yeah, uh, prepared to hold on Chase. How did you see Chase's game, Mac? Well, uh, he's... He's starting to get a little bit of belief in himself, and he probably sometimes now he takes on things he's not quite capable of doing. But um, it's good to at least uh, see that he doesn't look like he's apologising for being there. He looks like he's having a hundred percent crack, and he has got pace. and he, And generally, he's not bad with his disposal. So um, he didn't star, but he didn't embarrass himself. And. He, Nick, I don't know about you, but I thought in the last quarter he, he uh, really committed himself. He did. He was one of those that it, it just reminded me of the, the Norwood game in the SNFL bit where it was like him 
um, Hamill, Shoal, I think, was McHenry? Or it was those young guys that just decided, we're not going to lose this game. We are going to win. And he kind of looked up. He was also moved on to the wing uh, a little bit because we had an issue with Cook not being as defensive. Um, so he kind of replaced him on the wing uh, a little bit for that. So I think that's where it came in. To me, he didn't do too badly in defence either, but we didn't get a lot of his run out of defence, which I think is what we really want to see from him. So, yes, he needs to lock down on his player, but then he needs to be that brown replacement that we want, which is he does that and then he gets the ball and he breaks the lines because he's got some beautiful ability to do that. We just Mm. kind of haven't seen that enough this year. Now, we've got some uh, people in the stage that have been patiently waiting. So, Animal, I've uh, invited you to speak. So, if you want to accept that invite and come on, I really enjoyed Animal's uh, picture that he sent us post-game. Mate, how are you going? Not so bad, Zach. Yeah, pretty good. Sounds a bit rough. Hey, how are you going, Animal? Oh, yeah, probably had a couple of wines on Sunday, but this is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, no, I still wanted to say thanks for the tickets. Obviously, we had a great time, and we definitely picked a pillar of a game, that's for sure. Picked a good one. <laughs> yeah. What was what the key? What's the thing you liked the most, mate? Uh, oh, well, you know, it was, it was a good time with my lad. Obviously, you know, like I said, with kids, they can get a bit, bit bored after a little while, but as the game sort of got a bit pumped up and the crowd was getting fired up, he was like, you'd see him sort of getting a little bored, but then all the crowd was getting really psycho and all <laughs> of a sudden he was into it again. So it was, uh, if, if it kept a nine-year-old in, into the game, it must have been pretty good. Definitely. Definitely. One of the what? things I did notice, um, I had another friend of mine who sort of was there and we we managed to find a seat where he could sit next to us. And... Um, uh, it, <laughs> Straight away, because he was saying to me before the game, he's like, oh, you know, Sloane's out, that's going to hurt you guys. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I kind of want to see what it's going to look like without Sloane there because, you know, he's just, he's not getting the ball much, he's too slow. And then uh, straight away, like, in the second and the first quarter, I was thinking, man, the midfield looks quicker straight away. I don't know if it looked like that on the TV, but to me it looked a lot faster. So, I don't know, I hope Matty Nix takes something from that. because um, I bet she doesn't. I hope he does too, mate, but well, I bet she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, unfortunately, but you know, I was I was excited to see what it was gonna look like without Sloan and I think clearly there was there was something there. Yeah, definitely. It looked a bit more dynamic, didn't it? Although let's face it, I mean, you know, Boke and, and Wines are not a bad midfield combination, but uh we'll see it for a couple of weeks, but I reckon Sloan will slot straight back in there. Yeah, he probably will. The other thing I noticed is there's a lot of, you know, online stuff. Now, obviously, the loudest people online tend to be the people that are negative, but uh, some of the things I see is, like, people whinging about the skill errors, and it's like, but that's going to come with time, isn't it? You know, they're all so young still. Like, eventually that's going to get better as we start seeing these, you know, 20 and 30 game, game planes getting close to 100 games. Those skills, they're gonna they're gonna have way better cohesion. But at the moment, what I'm seeing is this team with a lot of grit and determination, and that's that's about all we can ask for from a young team, isn't it? I don't think we could have you up here, animal. You're making too much sense, mate. Like I got a feeling we're gonna upset a couple of decent teams again this year, like we did last year. 
I heard agree with everything you said then, being that, you know, these players that, uh, you know, only played like 20, 30 games. As yeah. they as a month, they've played 50, 70 games, 60, 80 games. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. they'll do it naturally rather than have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, they'll just be ingrained. You know, it's the old, old 10,000 hours rule, yeah. you know. It's the same with, the same with any trait. You've just, you've just got to do the time. Yeah, and the more you know, times you fail, the closer you are to success. Well, that's what that's the other thing. You, you learn when you fail. You know, it's fun to win, but it's you're supposed to learn from losing. So, hopefully, that you know, hopefully they're learning. Well, you're doing well, mate. They're nominating you for the Medi Sub. <laughs> mate, thanks very much. I'm I'm so glad that you uh, were able to get along and enjoy it with your lad. And uh, whereabouts were you sitting? Oh, we moved around a bit. We found a good little spot behind the um, uh, the the goals, and it's actually it's funny. I actually know the people who have those those seats, and they were home home with COVID. Oh, and I, I had another mate of mine who was there with his kid, and his kid plays with my son on the on for the gullies, and. Um, I said, oh, I reckon these seats are free because I know these people are isolating this guy. <laughs> very good. Well, mate, well, I'll chuck you back into the crowd, but uh, very glad that you were able to come on. Uh, well done, mate. Well done. Now, Mick's been waiting patiently, so we'll invite Mick up here. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's always... It's always good when the uh, the uh, crowd make more sense than we do, isn't it, Macca? How you going, Mick? Yeah, good, thanks. How's everyone tonight? Yeah, pretty good, thanks, mate. Yeah, I've got to take back my statement about Himmelberg last week. <laughs> I think we all do, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we all did. Join the club. <laughs> yeah, well, I must say, uh, I think it did prove one thing, that Sloan just can't go back in that midfield. I know he probably will, but... Um, he just doesn't belong there anymore. Well, I disagree I think, with you. Nobody's yeah. going to disagree with you, but the problem is that um, we're not we're not the selectors. And, yeah, uh, I and, know that, but uh, and, I think uh, they've got their eyes open. The biggest problem is they've appointed him captain. So that, that's the, the problem. Well, that so, shouldn't matter. Yeah, but a, mean... captain, yeah, a captain can play in the forward line too. I think we've proved that yeah. over the last five years. Absolutely. Yeah, or on the wing. Captain can play in yeah, the twos. Didn't... I mean, Steve Kennedy got, got too many good... I think we've got too many good wingmen for me on the wing, Nicky. Uh, I think it'd slow our wings down, actually. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Oh, for me, it's it's only if um, a half-forward to a wing roll. Yeah, that's... I think we'll go with a half-forward. Yeah, no that, that's where, I, that's where but, I'd be uh, happy with him. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Our, wings, our wings are pretty well settled. And we've got some pretty good picks on the wings. You know, they're fast. And um, Wasteline's disposal's been this year. I don't want to see him on the wings. The problem we got there, I reckon, though, Mick, is the fact that um, if he's too, if you put him in the midfield, we've got this slow mixture in the midfield. You can't put him on the wings if we've got good, because we've got good women. If you put him at, at half back, and at the moment, I'm happy with our half back, but, but that's uh, a tendency of what teams are doing with older players. Uh, I mean, Essendon have done that with their former yeah, cap. I think he's a pretty good mark over his head, while I'm saying, you know, half-forward area, because he's a good mark overhead. And um, if he's not under physical pressure while he's taking a kick, he can probably kick a goal. But, um, yeah, I just think, you know, his pace is way too low, slow now. It is. That's the problem. Yeah. 
like his body. I mean, he's given us, given the club his all, and he's you know, he smashed his body to pieces over the years. But he's just got to the stage now where he's just he needs. If he is the he is the captain, if he is a leader of the club, he's got to look at his at his performances and so I just can't do it anymore. But um, I don't think he's that type of person. I think he always thinks he's going to be the one that does the job, but his body's not letting him do it anymore. No, I think well, you're right, I- Mick. I think um, I'm with you. I'd have him as a lead-up forward, like a high half-forward, sort of like the Tom Lynch role. Um, You could probably uh, bring him in maybe for McHenry in that sort of position, I think. Um, I wouldn't want him off half-back. I wouldn't want him off the wing. Our half-backs look settled. Um, Our wings, as you say, look good. Um, Hitting up a high forward is probably where I'd have him. Uh, and I maybe a few little one rotations. One I agree, mate. I uh, mm-hmm. There'd be nothing stopping you from still giving him a couple of rotations through the midfield. Ah. But I just don't think you can have uh, him crouch and lead in the in the same rotation oh, no. because it's just too slow. Well, after my uh, after we talked last week, I think you know he's not not to the top of his speed, but I think crouch looked a little bit better this week. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, one. Yeah, one more thing, on, one on Fogarty. I think that Tex needs to play at least one week, preferably two in the twos to get back up to speed because he's been a bit of time off and hasn't been able to do any scratch matches or anything over the, the season. But I think at the end of the, um, you yeah, know, if it is round, round five, Tommy's ready to go, Fog comes out if he hasn't improved. And that would have given him five games to... To show us something, and if he hasn't showed us something, get into those, those five. I'm saying to, to lean the same way as Macca, we have to get rid of him. Uh, you're saying that really you, you, you get text to get uh, up to speed in the Bs, and yeah. uh, you'd, you'd be giving uh, Fogg another couple of games. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Like, let, let Fogg play the first five, let that gets text get up to speed, have two games in the twos, and then if Fogg's not showing anything, I'll drop him and bring Tex back in, and that'll be a good forward line then. Um, hopefully, if Himmelberg keeps playing. But on Himmelberg, we've, I think he's proved that he's a confidence player. And yeah. um, the more confidence he gets, the better he seems to play. And I just hope that, you know, this week's uh, giving him confidence. And it's, um, if he keeps on rolling and keeps on getting a bit more confidence, that we might actually have a player. Um, it, it just makes me it- really wrong. He just needs to watch that uh, last quarter on repeat. Every week before the game, he just needs to watch that last quarter where he was committed and making contests and getting separation and, and kicking goals under pressure. That's that's what he needs to watch. Yeah, it wasn't Thanks, last mate. year, it was the year before. It wasn't last yeah, year, it was the year before right. he was playing really well. And I think it was the, the last game or the second game of the year. He was just clunking everything. Yeah, it was And COVID, um, COVID I just hope year, it gets it? back to that. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. good. Good on you, mate. Thank you, mate. Right. I'll put Thank you back you. to the audience. Good on you. And Tomo, you've been waiting very patiently, mate. Come on board. Uh, evening, everyone. Tomo, hey, how Tom. are you doing? Uh, yeah, my comment's just on Lockie Murphy. Um, when selection came out, I was sceptical like everyone else. But that fourth quarter, having him around stoppages... And actually having speed out of stoppages really changed the game, I reckon, for us and changed the dynamic of how we played. Um, And he did a couple of key handballs that made us get score involvements from it and got some goals out of it. I just thought he was phenomenal around the stoppage for once. 
Agreed. And Vardy, I'm agreeing with you too. Tomo so far wins the award for the uh, best best vocals of a studio audience member. <laughs> well, the, the Grammys are tomorrow, so. <laughs> I, I hope Pete's listening because you're putting Pete, Peter J to shame, mate. <laughs> he he just... was in the chat, but, but I think it's past his bedtime. Uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. He, uh, Murphy was very dynamic up around stoppage, um, and uh, I think that's, you know, he needs to be involved in as many stoppage clearances as possible. If he gets bogged down trying to be a, a hit-up forward, I think it's not his game. Um, but if he if he's involved as a crumbing high forward, then uh, that's, that's where his go is, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. And then, uh, I don't know, everyone said Galantz... He he's definitely a Jack uh, Jack Gunston type player, um, and he's put on he's put on a lot of muscle in the off season, which has been really good to see. So I'm very excited. We need to get him get a contract on him, hopefully soon. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the worry, isn't it? Yeah, he's uh, he's only he's on not, for a year. He's not contract at the moment, and uh, I'm hoping they do sign him up because um, he's a Victorian boy and. Uh, now that he, he's starting to look like he'll be a player, they'll, they'll be after him if we don't get him signed up. Yeah, yeah, I think he just adds a whole different dynamic to our forward line. Which, he does. So, which we really need because I feel like we have a bit of same-same our forward line at least. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, he's a signature I'd like to get the next fortnight. Otherwise, I think uh, I think we might struggle. Uh, we'd have another Jack Gunson on our hands again, which would be a shame because uh, he's a point of difference, like you say, Tomo. Good on you, mate. And Thanks we, for uh, joining in. Cheers, guys. And we spent thousands of dollars on food on him to fatten him up as well. <laughs> yeah, there might be some cafes going out of business. Now, what have yep. we got left to do? Uh, we got we got to do our five, four, three, two, one here. Nikki, yeah, you're first. Hey, you didn't quite convince me. So, uh, five has to go to the match winner in Dawson. But very closely behind, I had Keys. Then I actually went Himmelberg, Gallant, and I finished it off with Smith. I would have an honourable mention to our entire backline. So you hated Lady. He didn't quite – I liked him as well, but I actually thought because it was a toss-up between Smith and Laird, and I just think as much as I, I really appreciated having Laird back in the side, um, I thought Smith was just a bit more damaging for us in, in that movement out of the back lines. And you, you can't go past, you know, the metres gained, uh, but, you know, combination between Smith and Dawson was outstanding for us. Okay. Well, I thought um, my first three I thought were easy, but then I struggled after that because there were so many that you could consider. Uh, I gave Dawson the five. I had Lady down for four, and I had Keys down for three. And then I've got two spots left, and I'm trying to fit in uh, Himmelberg, Galant, <laughs> Crouch, uh, who else there? Um, Berg to some degree, Hinge to some degree. In the end, um, after calling for his head last week, I gave Himmelberg two, and I gave one to Gallant. 
Yeah, right. yeah, that's where that's where I was at, Macca, because there's there's a lot you could have put in there. I I think it was it was good. We actually had yes, it wasn't a high quality game, but there was a nice even spread of players, especially because across our younger players. Yep. So I had Himmelberg. Oh, sorry, I had Keys for five, Dawson for four, Murphy for three, the forgotten man, because I think if Tomo made a very good point, if anyone was less influential or more influential on the ground at key moments than Lockie Murphy, then I don't know who was. Uh, I gave Himmelberg two and Laird uh, one just because I felt... And there are a couple of stiff ones. Lockie Gallant, very stiff for mine not to get a vote, but uh, uh, they're my five. Yeah, I think it was very hard to be definitive about like five outstanding ones because uh, we had a lot of players who contributed at about much about the same level. Yep, agreed. All right, we're nearly at the end. Um, I will post up the um, running totals for those uh, in due course in the chat. Um, but we do have one thing left, and considering I spent so much time actually bloody coming up with a th- intro for it, <laughs> I think he's cockwomble. Oh, look at that. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going right, to have Nick. to watch it back. Come on. Hit us up. Well, I, I think it definitely uh, Kelly Underwood and Tim Gossage uh, for the two that are trying to push that think it's a great idea uh, for uh, the Crows to request to play the grand final that they've earned, not at Adelaide Oval, but to travel their fans, most fans not being able to go and see them um, to be held at the MCG instead. Um, I think that's <laughs> stupid. Uh a whole lot of people who didn't why quite would, understand. Why would Gossage be? Who, sorry to interrupt you, Nikki. Why would no, Tim okay. Gossage give a shit? No idea. It was just why like, oh, care? I have no idea. It was just the weirdest tweet he put out, and everybody was just like, "What the what? fuck?" <laughs> I what think basically. <laughs> well, oh, his ratio was so deserved. It, it was very amusing. Um, I the, the other thing I actually thought was quite funny, and I'm trying to remember which game it was in. I think it was the Swans game where they came back after halftime and the director forgot to that he actually had more than one camera and we just seemed to only have the camera work from one camera that was down on the ground <laughs> for about five minutes. It was quite an interesting view of the game and thank God that cameraman was actually following the play. But <laughs> it was like, well, that was a bit stupid. Um. I didn't – I've only been told this, but did you guys actually hear that conversation between Pendlebury and the umpire about the danger field? No, I only, saw the, I only saw the headline, but I didn't actually read it. What was that? Well, that, that apparently when Dangerfield's got a free, Pendlebury goes to the umpire and goes, so we're paying frees for staging now. And the umpire's response was – Oh, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I don't know, but they'll, they'll, they'll talk, they may see about that on Monday. And <laughs> it's like, so that's not quite dissent? <laughs> or is it only because Pendlebury said it? But that was a very interesting comment that was allowed to be uh, got away with. Interesting enough, it wasn't just a question. It just kept going on and on and on about it. So why wasn't the yeah the dissent played? Um, 
It does, yeah, Lonely Oshaka said it was said jokingly, yeah, but even if they kind of say it jokingly, there's an intent behind that. He's basically saying, well, you've just made a very wrong decision, which is, and it's been picked up on the mic. Um, that is, it's dissent the way that the AFL's kind of wanted after it, but yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, but they've, they've, they've loosened up on that anyway. Yeah, they have. Their arms. There's blokes flapping their but, arms. Around. But one, one thing they uh, decided to completely reverse and today's game, the last game of the round, uh, which was, you know how they've got the rule, if it's within nine metres of the goal and you've got an opposition player behind you, you're allowed to rush the ball over as a defender. Yes. Well, that didn't seem to happen in the West Coast Rio game because even when there were players there and they were a metre over the line and he kind of went turn back in, I can't, I'm going to take it over now. Nope, that's deliberate <laughs> well the rule also says if under pressure yeah they have to be under pressure the first one was definitely under pressure um he was came back in the the second one which the frio then got for um they there were actually there were more west coast players and the uh it was rory lobb he was standing near him and looking at the umpire with his arms out already going, he's going to take this over the line when he did. You know, that one was kind of fair enough. But the first one was very dodgy. They're probably lucky no one was watching. I've got a couple of pop <laughs> rumbles from the uh, from the Port uh, Crows game. Uh, Travis yep. Boak. Uh, I don't mind no. Travis Boak, but by God, him and Ollie Wines cannot kick the ball under pressure. Um, and in terms of doing yourself no favours, the biggest cockwomble in that whole club is Ken Hinckley, who was laughing as Jordan Dawson was lining up for a shot at goal. Uh, now, whether you uh, subscribe to the fact that he was probably just thinking, oh, well, look, you know, it's out of our control now, which it was, uh, the yeah. simple fact is that it's not good optics and uh, the Port Faithful roundly, roundly criticise him as a consequence of that. Um, I don't know, maybe he was laughing because he knew that it didn't matter what Port did, he's locked in until the end of next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be that as well. So so what one probably made us laugh the most? Because that's, that's, that's kind of where I want to go with the cockwobble. It's, it's somebody that's done something particularly stupid. It's your but award, I, Nikki. You go for it. I know. I... I I think I'll actually take your nomination then, Fiend. Ken, with that laughter, is like, sweetie, you're in trouble. <laughs> I enjoyed all the uh, all, all the memes that were put out with uh, his famous Owen 1 uh, sign and people making oh, yeah. Owen 3 and all sorts of other things. Uh, he doesn't do himself any favours, Kenny, unfortunately. Uh, and they're no, in a I... world of pain. Porter in a world of pain. Uh, they got injuries, they got blokes out of form, they got older blokes falling off a cliff. Um, they. Uh, I don't. Depth is their depth is not good. Depth is not good, and they got Carlton and Melbourne in the next two weeks. I would love that, boys. Zero and five would be beautiful. Yeah, zero and five. They don't make the eight, Macker. I don't think. No, 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 not not with the zero five. Yeah. Anyway. All right, look, uh, thanks, everyone. It's been a fantastic show. We've had so many listeners on YouTube and through Discord. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight. Um, thank you to the gentlemen who came on and had their say. Fantastic. 
Uh, don't forget, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. Peter and I will be back on Tuesday night this week um, to talk about all things Crows and to have a, a sneaky preview at the uh, at the round four match. So uh, until then, everyone, take care. Thanks, Macca. Thanks, Nikki. And we will yep. see you again on Tuesday night. Night all. Night.